All right, this is Chucky, and you're listening to Chucky Radio. This podcast is my opportunity to tell fun and entertaining stories. I love to travel, so a lot of the stories revolve around travel. And I love to bring on friends and different guests to help tell these stories. In my last episode, I was speaking with Tracy Lehman. She's a great friend who we traveled with our other friend Sarah Sharp to Puerto Rico, and we told the fun story of that trip. But then the conversation continued on, and we started getting into Tracy's filmmaking and some of the projects she's working on. And then we talked a little bit about life living in this world pandemic. And finally, we touched on one of her big passions right now, which is social injustice and the Black Lives Matter movement. So here's a continuation of that conversation with Tracy Lehman. Enjoy. Welcome to Chucky Radio. So tell me a little bit more about what's happening. You've got your short film that you shot, what, earlier this year or late last year? We shot it last year. Yeah. um, It's called Ghosted. It's about, it's a a woman with a lot of baggage falls in love with a man haunted by his past. And literally, like both of them literally has a lot of baggage and he's literally followed (laughs) by the ghost of his ex um, as they're trying to fall in love. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very literal film. Yeah, totally, totally. And it, it's kind of done in this, told in this kind of storybook Wes Anderson kind of way. And like my new agents, they said, it's kind of like Wes Anderson meets like Tim Burton meets like, dare we say Woody Allen kind of like, it's very quirky, you know, so um, Woody, good Woody Allen in a good sense, if that makes sense. Yeah. But um, so I, I'm really excited about it. It's different for me. Um, it has kind of like a magical element that I've been missing. Um, and I'm writing a lot more of that now, but uh, magical realism and kind of just you know, we, we I used to do so many tragic stories. Everything, everybody died. And, you know, it was just, and and I think, I think we just need, you know, just a little more hope nowadays. You know, and so I'm just trying to write things that inspire a little more. The, you know? the first film I remember seeing of yours, and I I've got the worst memory for films, <laughs> but I think it had to do with um, anorexia because it was a film you made called Skinny. Yeah, totally. And that became my nickname because back then I was thinner than now. <laughs> oh, you're still thin. But yeah. So y'all used to call me skinny. I used to call you skinny. Then- that was like, because you made a film called Skinny and you were skinny. I'm like, hey, that's a great name for a skinny. And then I remember later on, skinny by itself just kind of felt a little bit like didn't have enough flavor to it. So I think I started calling you Skinny McNugget for a while. Nugget, that's it. Skinny is, McNugget. I mean, what a nickname! Like, like that's like that's. I mean, that's a star. Skinny Mc, starring Skinny McNugget. You know, like that's, <laughs> uh, you, you have you haven't called me Skinny McNugget in a while. Chucky. Oh, I, I call you Skinny McNugget every time I get a chance. I've always kind of wondered if you like that nickname or if you find it a little bit like I don't know. To be honest, I love nicknames. Like they're so <laughs> endearing to me, especially if there's like a story behind them or an evolution. Like one of my colleagues started calling me T last year on a shoot, and I was just like, "That's cool." 
Like I just, it's, it, I feel like no one's going to use a nickname with you if they don't throw close to you or something. So I, I really like it. And that one has a whole story in. Yeah. So. But yeah, Skinny was pretty dark. That was a dark film. It was a dark film, wasn't it? <laughs> You did do dark films. You're right. And I did the one where the girl shot herself in the head and 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 survived and had to live with the scarring. Oh, you that's know? right. Well, was that was that? A, that was an uplifting film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> so to do funny, a romantic happens. comedy, kind of a storybook comedy, is a big big change for you, huh? Well, that's what, so so around. I don't know, maybe like nine years ago or something like that. I had done all these dark, tragic films and my brother, I was talking to my brother and he said, what are some of your log lines, you know? And I told him, and of course it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's all really, really, really dark. You know, there was another one where a man cuts himself open to find something inside of him only to realize that that there was nothing there and he dies. I mean, it was just like, they were all dark as tragic stories with like warning, you know, cautionary tales, you know, there were cautionary tales. And, and, um, and so, but I told him all these dark stories and he goes, so you do comedy, huh? Huh?" (laughs) And I was like, and he he was joking, but when he said that, I thought, Oh my God, could I, could I do these dark comedies? Could I make these crazy stories and, and, and all this like edgy stuff that I like to do? And could I make it comedic? Because certainly more people would want to watch it than I think, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm not quite as dark as I used to be, but I, uh, I have really enjoyed embracing the absurdity of everything and, and having people laugh. Because the other thing about comedy is it, you can measure it. Like if you do a, a dark uh, movie, like any of the one, those three that I just mentioned, mm-hmm. and you take, like I, I screamed um, inside the one about the man cutting himself open. I screamed that in Milan. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to tell, you know, or, or Fantastic Fest in Austin, it screened at Fantastic Fest. And you're trying to like, tell what people are thinking but you can't really and there's no way to really measure it you know but with comedy if they're laughing it's working you know mm, so interesting I, I i needed um something to understand if what i was doing was working and so i really liked switching to comedy yeah that's interesting i never thought about that but having sat through a lot of film festivals you're absolutely right you get that immediate feedback from your audience if you get that laughter and when you're doing test screenings right you learn what's yeah. working, what's not working before you, you get to your final edit. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm a big fan of test screenings. I, yeah. mean, I know a lot of people don't like them, but I, I like filmmaking as a communication. And how do you know if you're communicating if you're not, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mean that I want to like make every change based on what every, any single group says, but you, there's always like, why are they not getting something? What's, what's not coming? Yeah. How can you fix it? Yeah. You know? Well, kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about, I mean, this has been some very, strange times. We have the obvious world pandemic that has greatly affected us since really March is when it really hit us. I mean, is that when you really felt it? Um, we, I went to, this is embarrassing maybe a little bit, but I went to a Lakers game on March 10th and I didn't touch anybody. I didn't like, you know, cough on anyone or anything like that, but I thought I, th- I still was in a, maybe a little bit of a um, denial denial yeah i just didn't think it would be quite in, in pretty much the 11th march 11th is when i was like oh wow you know okay and and i stayed home from march 11th pretty much for for a while for like a month right. um but yeah that's march march 11th was the beginning of it for me well it was funny you mentioned march 10th was it i, I had to go back and look mm-hmm. at the calendar but for me the the point when it really hit home was when they canceled south by southwest 
because they did it exactly one week before the festival was supposed to start. And I was like, yeah. holy cow, this is serious. So that yeah, week, serious. That week is, <laughs> it's like when everyone's like, okay, this, this is getting serious. But we still weren't like hardcore about you know, social distancing and all that. It wasn't, I remember like that Sunday, Monday, I want to say like March 15th was when it really just shut down. And it's like, okay, you should not be going out. You know, that's when they started releasing all the guidelines and all that. So, yeah, it's, and then of course, you know, we're going through now where things started to reopen. And here in Texas, of course, we're seeing a huge resurgence. And I think there's still this sense of denial. I mean, yeah, you know, some people are like, okay, we need to do what we need to do to help stop the spread. And we need to start, you know, really self quarantining ourselves. Other people are like, it is what it is. And they're just not, doesn't feel like people are as concerned, you know. Text is a whole different kind of animal when it comes to the mentality here, right? Yeah. Well, Texas and Cal- well, California is not doing so well either, really. But yeah, I mean, I think people are prioritizing, you know, that their own freedoms and, and in a way that's understandable. We got to protect each other. You know, yeah. we got to, we have to, we're in this together. And just, you know, until everybody understands that, we're not going to get out of it. You know, so it's a little tricky. It is. It really has been. And it, and it sounds like it's going to continue to be tricky and it's going to obviously all the ridiculous politicizing of it. I think it's just, you know, unbelievable because this isn't a political issue. This is a humanity issue. It's and a safety human issue. issue. Yeah, it's exactly. You know, it's a human issue. And then, and then, speaking, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I just want to say one thing. Speaking of a human issue too, like, it's like we're all in this together and I am starting, it's like been four months now since I've had like much face, inter- you know, face-to-face interaction. And like, I've had like two hugs in like four months and I'm like, wow, we need each other, you know, like we really need yeah. each other. And so like figuring out how to navigate, um, you know, it, it, we are social creatures. So like, how do we navigate this right. like humans, you know, <laughs> like it's true. You want to, you want to yeah. protect everybody, but you also like, we have, we need to see people. We need to like, so and zoom doesn't always work. So I I'm still figuring that out. Honestly, I have, I, I do you have it figured out at all. I, I'm working on it. I mean, you know, we've had very small get togethers with, you know, a few people, three, four people keeping social distant and all that. Yeah. And you know, just kind of being in someone's yard and being able to just talk in person, I think has helped at yeah. times. But even that we've started to really cut back on. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a little bit of a trying time. And on top of that, just to make things even more complicated, and I bring this up because I know you're such an amazing advocate is what's going on with Black Lives Matter and what's going on with just this ridiculous, you know, absurdity of, you know, the use of force by the police. And I mean, obviously, it's been going on forever. And now, because of these, I mean, let's face it, the only reason this has become so big is because it's finally getting captured on video and it's undeniable. Yeah, well, I think there are a few things. I think you know, the, I, if I remember correctly, the L.A. riots, the Rodney King riots, they only lasted six days. You know, we had video of that. And it was horrible. But they lasted six days mm-hmm. because people had to go back to work, you know. And and, and George Floyd happened. Um, of course, I was all I was already all very much up in arms about Ahmaud Aubrey from from day one. I was, right. I was you know, as were many, 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 many other people. Um, and, and I knew about Breonna Taylor because that had happened actually before. And, and so um, 
there, you know, this has been an ongoing issue. But when George Floyd happened, people were in lockdown and or they were, they, you know, they were they were laid off their jobs or they, they weren't able to do. So I feel like we've had this time to to sit and think about what's really important, you know, and and to kind of stew on what's not right with our country. And there's a lot that's not right with our country. So so when the opportunity came to speak up and say something, I think a lot more people were available to do that for a lot longer than they would be if the pandemic weren't happening. Interesting point. And it's not just our country. The thing that's been amazing is to see how much we've seen protests and people speaking up all over the world. Totally. I mean, like, um, yeah, all over the world, all over the world. For, and, and, you know, the recent Rayshard Brooks and I mean, it's just it's not going to stop until until we change things. And, you know, some of the laws have to be changed and it, it may look hopeless in the big picture, but it's not. And, and it's like it takes all of us educating ourselves on the city and state levels as to who we're putting in office. And we all have to vote and we all have to put people in office who care about these things, you know, um, and that will start to, you know, and, and of course, we need the, the all the big federal things and we're, we're working on the, you know, the banning chokeholds and, 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 um, right. you know, ending qualified immunity and, and there's so many things that we're working on, but, um, it's, it's a problem. Do you feel like, I'm sorry, do you feel like there's some progress now? I mean, because it became such a strong movement, it is a strong movement and so many people have become vocal. It feels like there is some change starting to happen. Does it feel satisfying that this change is starting to happen or does it feel like it's just a little drop in a bucket at this point? Um, I, I'm you know, not an expert on, you know, I do my best, but I'm not an expert. But I, what I think is, I think people are asking for, not asking, we're, we're trying to demand, you know, this is this is way beyond asking. Um, but um, uh, demanding such big things because things tend to taper off. Like you're noticing like in your social media, there are less posts when they were like, it was everything. And now it's like a little less. It's like, this cannot taper off. Like we have to continue, you know? And I think it is getting better, but the the only way it will really get better is if we continue. You cannot let up. You have to have right. pressure on the people in power and you have to continue to put pressure on businesses to hire, you know, you have to support black owned businesses and put pressure on businesses to hire black people as execs and 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 what show their numbers of of, of who they're hiring and you know um, all sorts of things like it's just important that we continue to do that because it won't change if we don't right it will go right back i i'll tell you i just seen all your social media posts and how big of an advocate you become and how vocal you become i just i'm i'm kind of proud of you you know it's just like you are putting it all out there and you are such a vocal person in this cause And I mean, you've been taking action, too. I mean, were you did you go out to some of the protests? I didn't. um, I don't have a spleen. And I know um, I might be okay if I got coronavirus. But I figured um, I figured if I got sick, I could I would be less help. And there were a lot of people out in L.A. So I thought, okay, I'm going to call the lawmakers in Kentucky for Breonna Taylor. And I'm going to call them in Georgia for. Ahmaud Aubrey, and I'm going to, you know, I wrote letters and did things like that. And You've been encouraging a lot of people to do those things, too. Yeah. So it's not just you. It's not that hard. You know, before I, I had cared about, you know, a lot of marginalized communities and, 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 bio, and brutality. And I've, I've cared about a lot of these topics before and these these issues. Um, But I hadn't spoken out like this until until this year, pro- probably like when it was March, I guess, you know, February, February, no, March, March was when I started speaking. But um. And, you know, I have to say, like, if you just start replacing I can't with I can, you know, if you just say, because you say, like, yeah. oh, I don't have 
I don't have enough money to give to that charity. Well, just just give 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 what you can, you know. Or I, I don't have time right. to call that lawmaker. Well, you don't have time to call ten lawmakers. Well, you have time to call one, you know. So whatever yeah. you have to give, you know, maybe you're like, oh, but I just make masks. I, I, I'm just making something up, but you know, I just make masks. Well, then make masks for protesters, or you know, whatever you do in life, there's something you can do to help help that cause, and and there's somebody that needs it. So like my 18 year old niece, she might be 19 now, but she's home from, from school and uh, she's making masks and the proceeds are going to trans women of color collective, you know, and she's 19 years old. Wow. So like, she's awesome. just, she's doing what she can from home, you know? And, and so it's like, everybody can do something. And if everybody does something, we'll continue and it won't taper out. And if it tapers out, that is after everything everybody's done to make this, 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 you know, seen and, and, and to be heard and to start changing. If it starts to taper out, then that's on us. You know, like that's on us as, as for me, as a white person, that's on me if it tapers out because it's our turn and our, our we have to carry the torch here. We have to help. <laughs> this is crazy, you know? No, I, these are great points. And I, I, uh, I appreciate it a lot because it does, it, it's so important, you know, like you said, to follow through and to continue to, to carry that torch. Yeah. And man, you know, I, I mean, I can't say even though I'm Hispanic and I felt some of the prejudice growing up, but I've been privileged from the sense of, you know, coming from a family that had decent means. So I can't yeah. say I've ever been in, in the shoes of, you know, what a black person growing up in a lower socioeconomic type of situation and how difficult it is and how disadvantaged they are and how much fear they live in from the people who are supposed to protect our society, you know? Yeah. And that just, that's just, uh, it's wrong. And it's, and, and, and it's, it is, it's, I hope and I pray and continue to have faith that this movement will continue and will only get stronger and there will be real change. Yeah, we, we have to, we just have to work together. I saw this cartoon, you know, a comic strip kind of thing or you know, drawing illustration that was like, it was, I think it was a black woman in one lane and a white man in the other lane. And, and the white man's lane was, was clear and you could, he could go straight to the, to the finish line, you know, and the black woman's lane had like an alligator over water and, <laughs> and like barbed wire and, and all these crazy obstacles, wow. you know. And and he looks in the the illustration. He's looking at. It, he says, "What? It's the same distance, you know." And wow. I think about that a lot. And I think like we're just helping remove some of the obstacles. That's all we're doing. Yeah. Like we want things to be equal and fair, and we just need to remove some of these obstacles that are making it unfair for people. That's great. Yeah. Well, listen, I uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on and and helping tell some stories here and. I think uh, even though it got a little serious there at the end, it's important. <laughs> I think that's a, well, no, it it's an important, important subject. Yeah, it is very important. Uh, every now and then, it's also nice to take a break from so much seriousness going on. And that's kind of part of, you know, the fun of, of doing this is to be able to tell some fun stories and remember some good times as well. So it all is a, a good balance, right? I can't wait to take another trip with you, Chucky. When this I is know, all right? <laughs> when, when we can all travel again. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. You, me, Sarita. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you've ever met. You never met Jana, have you? No, but I hear she's the best. I can't wait to meet her. She is so cool. She's awesome. And so, yeah. So we're all, we're all going to have to have a fun trip together when, when the coast is clear. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll be looking forward to it. I'll, I'll save up my miles. There you go. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. All right, Chucky. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Thank you, Chucky. I'll see you soon. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Chucky Radio. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to this podcast on any of the major podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, please hit that subscribe button so you're notified of future podcasts. Also, would love to get your feedback. So rate the podcast, make a comment. I'd really appreciate that. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.